0: Up, y'all! Welcome to Conversations with Heavy Cardboard. Uh, well, and pretty simply put, pretty excited about today, and I think a lot of y'all are as well. I am your host, Edward Euler. Happy to be joined by a couple of very, very good friends of mine, as well as a couple of acclaimed designers you may have heard of. Uh, I'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves.
1: Uh, hi, hi, Edward. Hi, everyone else. Um, I'm Joris Vierstraat from uh,
2: Splotter, one of the two guys from uh, Splutter, um from the Netherlands.
0: And I'm Jeroen Daumann, uh, the other half of Splutter,
2: uh
0: Yeah, so uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for doing this today, fellas. I appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah
1: uh, very you. happy to be on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I, and this came out of the blue. Uh, last week, um, you guys reached out to me and said, hey, um, so we have a game coming out, and thought, hey, do you want to... You want to sit down for a conversation and talk about it. And I, I thought about it. I chewed it over for a little while. No, I'm kidding. I obviously. <laughs> so, I, I yeah. I did you had to
2: convince Edward to have us.
0: Pretty much, yeah. It, they, they, had to, they, they had to twist my arm and everything else. But no, seriously. Uh, yeah, I jumped at the chance. So I, I, I very much appreciate you guys uh, wanting to do this today and, and wanting to uh, let the world know here on Heavy Cardboard. So thanks, guys. Um, before we get started, first things first. How are you both doing, and how are Bianca and Nora, your significant others, doing uh, in the time of COVID? How are things going?
1: I think uh, things are uh, things are okay. Obviously, it's not uh, it's not great in this whole uh, COVID uh, COVID times here in the Netherlands. We are uh, we've just gone into stricter a stricter regime again where we've all, we are all being asked to work from home. Um, I, uh, I, my day job is having a company that has about 45 people on payroll, so that has been somewhat stressful, although we're doing okay with the company.
0: Good to hear. Not For the stressful me. part that you guys are doing,
1: all right. Yeah, it's going well, but it has been quite an adjustment to have everyone work from home and do everything, uh, everything uh, remotely. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, things are, things are uh, going okay. Nora is doing well. She uh, is uh, also working from home. So it's a big difference from last year when we were both traveling so much that we didn't see each other sometimes for some weeks and now we see each other every day. So that's uh, a big change. It hasn't happened in uh, the past uh, decade or so.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, ho- hopefully you guys still like each other.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they have a big house, so that helps.
0: <laughs> they have multiple floors. I do remember yeah. that, so that that helps, right? Sure. How about
1: and oh. and morning? I go downstairs, and Nora goes upstairs, and then we meet each other again
2: for lunch. So,
0: uh, <laughs> all right, fun. that works out. All right, good deal. And and how about you,
2: Yurin? Yeah, also doing well. Uh, Bianca's also Bianca's also well, but we also had to get used to. Me, me working from home, uh, though, for us it was it was a little bit earlier than most since I, since I switched jobs last October, which entailed me working from home for well three or four days usually. So we we got used to it before everybody else did.
0: Okay, all right, and uh, Bianca doing well? Yes, thank you. Okay, good, glad to hear. Um, so good stuff. Uh, so how now? You guys are like you said now here in the states. It seems it depends where you are on how restrictive things are. And, you know, people are being encouraged to wear their masks and everything. And at the end of every one of my streams, I've been saying, hey, social distance, wear your masks, be kind to one another and all that. But how are things, just big picture, um, before we even talk about board gaming, how are things in Netherlands in general?
1: Um, Well, we used to have, um, uh, we had a a lot of. Cases and deaths uh, in the uh, in the first couple of months, and then it kind of went away in terms of people going into hospital and people dying over summer. So for most of the summer, we were still careful, but uh, um, things uh, uh, gradually started uh, opening again. And uh, for the last six weeks or so, uh, we are getting stricter. Now our strictness is never. The super trick, for instance, if you're in, um, I have people working for me in France, and they couldn't go uh, further than a certain distance from their house, and things like this. We never had that, so you could always go out and move about. But uh, for instance, you couldn't, you can't sit in the park with a group, or you will be uh, stopped. The police will come and say that you cannot be there with such a large group. You're not allowed to have more than three people uh, visiting your house at any one time, which is uh, sometimes a bit uh, tricky for day testing.
0: <laughs> I reckon it is. Sure. Yep.
1: People are working uh, from from home where possible, so uh, there's little traffic um, in my in my office. There's about 45 people, about eight people on any given day are are in the office, um, keeping distance. We had a our 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 equivalent of your U.S. Dr. Fauci, our uh, mm-hmm. guy, so he, uh, he, he was less uh, enthusiastic about face masks. So uh, you have to wear them in the bus or in the train. And only now they are starting to be worn in um, in supermarkets. Okay. Funnily enough, there's two supermarkets close, close to me. And in one supermarket, everyone is wearing a face mask. And in the other, no one is. So... Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't so know. if you don't want to wear one you go to that one and interesting huh probably <laughs> interesting okay all right but uh yeah things here seem to be getting uh a tad worse as well uh it, it it kind of did a dip and then now it seems to be back on the rise here in the states and so we'll see how it goes so just uh be safe over there and and continued uh, uh good health for all of y'all over there but we're here to talk board games, well. so uh, for those that don't know um, what Splatter Spelling is about, you guys want to explain uh, what this publishing company is that you guys started and how it came about and all that, a little background? Um,
1: yeah, so sure, we, um, we started this uh, company uh, over 20 years ago uh, with uh, two other people who now uh, have, have left the company since. And uh, at the time, we had a student's club called uh, Duyfelswey, which still exists in uh, Duyfelswey is the devil's egg. It means um, a die. And uh, Jero and I and some other uh, people founded it here in Leiden, where I still live. It's a university town, and we, uh, we made a university club to play games, which uh, at the time was a, a small smallish club. We had, I think, about 100 members when we stopped. Being uh, actively involved, I always forget how many members they have, but hundreds. Uh, which
0: uh, which, is, which has got to feel good, right? The fact yeah. that this this group that you guys <laughs> founded started up and is still going and has blossomed to the size yeah. it is. Yeah,
1: it's really cool, and we still get guys from the from the devil side to 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 pay test and uh, and work. So that's that's really nice, and so we used to. Uh, Play lots of. uh, Jeroen and I were fond of the heavier games. Uh, We used to play lots of uh, heavy games, also small, smaller games, and uh, from time to time we thought up games just for the fun of it.
2: And um, we had some. uh, We even had game design days where we organized a weekend or one weekend day to visit group design one or more games. Yeah,
1: I think we had. We had games game events, and we hired scout a scouting hut, and we would all go and play games all the time, and then at some point in the evening it would become game design activities for in my in my memory, for some reason, all the games started with um little miniatures of camels, which we would always be using <laughs> but,
0: <yeah>. all right. <laughs> I'm anyway, uh, that, uh, now, now I'm surprised there's not a camel in, in, for the logo instead of the uh, splatter <laughs> otter. So
1: yeah, at, at one point we um we decided that it would be uh, nice to uh um we met uh, we met with some friends uh who were also designing games. One of them was uh, Corneille from Morsel, who is uh uh who still runs a games game company called Valley. Um and the other was a guy called uh, Theo Jansma who 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 left who stopped uh, making games? But he was very active at the time.
0: All right.
1: Um, then my girlfriend at the time, who was also part of uh, splotter said, uh, "Hey, why don't we go to uh, to Essen and uh, sell games?" And we had nothing, right? Just the idea. So we called the guys in Essen and said, "Can we go and and sell games?" And, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, you can do, but you have to uh, you have to uh, uh, sign up today." And by the way, you have to sign up by fax because if you don't have a fax, we don't think you are seriously interested. Because everyone. Likes All so right. Asked, uh, I think one of the one of us had a, the father of one of us had a fax machine, and we sent them a fax to um, subscribe and to be part of uh, to to have a booth in Essen with the three three of us, and then we looked at each other and said, "Oh, now we need." actually make games because we cannot just be there
0: (laughs) (laughs) this sounds like the total backwards way to go about doing it but it it, (laughs) but it suits okay so then what
1: so uh so we came there and what and and so we had made games which are now known as our video box games so we made them by hand so we printed them and glued them and cut them by hand and uh, we sold them uh, at the game fair, and uh, and uh, uh, we kind of underestimated how much work it would be to make these games. So at some point we ran out of games, but we still had the materials. So people would come to the stand and would say, yeah, you can buy the game, but you have to come back in an hour because we still have to cut the pieces while we're there.
0: The epitome of artisanal board game, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thank you, Jeroen, for being a hand model back there, showing the uh, the VHS uh, <laughs> boxes up above his head behind him. So, all right. Yes, so,
2: I, I, I thought I'd go and sit uh, before my Splatter closet uh, for the interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, see, and I've seen uh, Joris's, having stayed at Yoris's house, I've seen mm-hmm. just, and sleeping right next to the Splatter museum that is, uh, his library oh. that was that was pretty cool. Um, so what what then after that first a- Essen? Apparently, it was a success.
1: Well, we sold a little bit of the of the of the games uh, to to um, mostly to journalists uh, who who were enthusiastic and to one club uh, who was that was enthusiastic. Not all of the games sold well. Of course, the game that was the most work to make uh, sold the best. Web because you had to make little cut little corners in it. So it was a lot of work to cut it. Um, but yeah, the thing you that was, no
2: complaints about cutting that one. 20 oh years. yes,
1: I, I whenever <laughs> we have any design with the little corners in it, I go, I want, I don't want this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bad memories, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: But anyway, we uh, we had one thing uh, there as well, next to uh, all these small games, because we thought, you know, you need to make small, easy games in order to uh, to, to to sell. Uh, but we had one thing which we, which we had made, which was a game Johan and I had worked on. And uh, Tamaha, my girlfriend at the time was super enthusiastic about. So uh, uh we made a wooden copy of a game called uh at that time Transport, now known as Roads and Boats. And uh this was a big, big wooden wooden thing uh with all all, all pieces of clay pieces and 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 beautifully look look beautiful and uh um it, uh, the, uh, we put this in the in the stand in Essen uh, just behind as uh, to show off basically because sure. we were so proud of it but not not really not not intending to sell it at all and we had so many people come into the stand who wanted to buy that game
0: oh you think <laughs> a lot not then it would be even more now i imagine <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh One year later, we thought, you know what, we will make uh, handmade copies of uh, of Rods and Boats. Now there's hundreds and hundreds of little pieces in that. Really really ridiculous plan to make copies by hand. So we worked on that and I think
2: we got to 15 copies or so. I think we made 30 copies. Uh, 30? Yeah, I I, I remember us uh, claying the temples uh... The, the night before Essen, because those still needed to be finished. Uh, I, I think Bianca still complains about it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so after, after 30 copies, uh, you guys realized, oh, maybe we should actually like print these?
1: They sold out on the, on, in one hour before the fair had even started. So.
0: Make friends at Essen.
1: That's that's when we started our our rule that you cannot buy our games before the fair started because when then when the fair started we were there sitting like okay now what do we do because we sold these games and uh, yeah we we made some of the video box games but they were not as popular so people came and said do you have this roads and boats Uh, no sorry Anyway, so this is where we started. Where when we thought, okay, this these these big games can can actually sell, um, and uh, we didn't have uh, the money to uh, to, to publish uh, such a big game, and uh, we actually offered to a number of uh, publishers, but no one wanted to take it on. Such a huge game with so many things in
0: it. Oh yeah, the amount of pieces in that is that <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine yep. making that by hand. I really can't.
1: No, it's really a lot. And uh, and also, it's a long game. It's a, a difficult strategic game. So publishers told us that there's no market for this. No one wants to buy it. No one will be interested. Um, um, we played it with people who said, uh, look, this is like uh, a computer game. You have to think so much. It's uh, it's boring. No one will want it. And so uh, we said okay, but we like it, so uh, we, we'd like to publish it. But, um, and uh, then we got a break because uh, um, the city of—I told the story before—but the city of uh, Ansca, they, uh decided that they wanted to have a little game and uh, give it to all of their uh, uh, inhabitants. And um, they came to us by sheer luck; they found us. And we designed this game for them, and we made some money. So then uh, we decided that we could uh, actually print routes and bots. And uh, that was our first big game that we made. And uh, it did very well. Well, what we thought at the time was very well. Um, Very well for us. hmm? Very well for us.
2: Mm I think we printed it together, at least on the print sheet with pieces for bust and, and also pieces for ur, which in the end we never
0: used since they were just too small to use. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. That's, see, and I, I knew the story about the city coming to you guys, but talk about uh, just right place at the right time and fortuitous, serendipitous, Definitely. if you will, right? Yep. So, <laughs> so fast forward. Uh, A couple of years and now uh, now you guys are I mean you have and I'm I'm sure I'm probably going to forget some but you have roads and boats now there are a lot of smaller games but there I mean the main big five big six if you will you got roads and boats you have antiquity you have the great Zimbabwe you have food chain magnate Indonesia and I now with bus I would say that would be the big 6 and then there's the I don't want to call it a lower tier but a second tier of games that don't have the following that those do something like a duck dealer or a cons so on you know like those and then you have the really obscure stuff um some of which uh well are impossible to get nowadays but uh so so one thing that I'm curious about, now I know the uh, some of the story about this, but I'm curious how you guys came about deciding to, for the first time in history, uh, decided to license out one of your games with BUS, with uh, Capstone Games and Clay. So how did that, how did all that come about? If you guys will talk a little bit about that.
2: Um, yeah, definitely, so that's, mostly fell together at was the last heavy con or the one before that? i think it's the one before the, pro, yeah probably the one before where i actually i actually play, played bus uh to get together with clay and that that that, that got the ball rolling because we at, at the time were doing a lot of reprints ourselves already and clay asked hey can, can i do this game uh because and and we and we thought why not let's ex- explore that option and make that happen and I think we're both very happy with uh, with what Clay made of it uh, both both the normal edition and and also the anniversary edition which is effectively two copies of the game in one uh, both all all the new artwork
0: and and the old and uh, so I mean. The obvious next question now, inevitably, because people are going to ask it if they haven't already is, is that something that you foresee continuing, be it with Capstone or with someone else? Uh,
2: possibly, uh, there's nothing concrete in the works yet at the moment, but it's something we're definitely open for, uh, given the right conditions.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Pro- so let-
2: Probably the, the, the big, five big big six as, as you mentioned will'll continue on our own reprint schedule so we'll continue to printing those ourselves but
0: well and speaking of which you guys uh, recently I want to say it was uh, it was August or September you guys announced the uh, reprint of the great Zimbabwe yeah we did so we did. so a was a, uh talk about that a little bit um, because I would argue that that was kind of that was an eye-opening game for me because having been familiar with your guys' games previously before I knew you personally, um, you know, you have call it maybe the Great Zimbabwe was a step towards a more a cleaner production and a higher production value than some of the previous games, I would say. And so, what what made that be the case with the Great Zimbabwe?
2: Um, I- I don't know. I think In- Inzi did a terrific job with with the with the artwork and selecting all the the African art, the the African gods, ni- nice pictures. Uh, I, I think Joris bought a couple of art books uh, for that to to select pictures from, uh, and, and and to get pictures
0: for for all the
2: gods and things like that.
0: Yeah, because it turned out beautiful. I mean, it's it's really nice. Is anything, uh, this is going to be a straight reprint, correct, with uh, the Great Zimbabwe?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it should be uh, essentially similar to, uh, or the same as it is now.
0: And when is that, when can folks expect uh, that? Um,
2: I'm a little bit hesitant to, to commit to a date yet. Sure, but
0: ballpark it.
2: But. But ballpark for, for uh, first half next year, definitely by Essen time next year, uh, okay. it will be there.
0: All right, and folks can pre-order it where? Um,
2: at at
0: all the usual places,
2: and, and of course at our own website, uh, Splatter.com. Hope hopefully we'll have it ready before April uh, ish. But
0: okay, so yeah. it, yeah. I, I think yeah. everyone's being pretty patient given the world condition right now. Um. So, like, eh, 2021, you can expect it. Okay, that seems reasonable. Uh, yep. Ah, yeah. so let- and,
2: and I'm I'm very happy that our customers are are generally always very patient with us, uh because especially this year, both because of COVID and and, and some other circumstances. We we've been slow uh, on well, the the latest food chain reprint, among others.
0: All right. So speaking of food chain, so food chain blew up for y'all a bit, didn't it? <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I've, food- I've
2: literally lost count how many copies we've made by now. I I, I have to go back and dig through all the bills and count count it up.
0: I I it took you guys by surprise, did it not?
2: Very much, because but, but both of us at the start at the start when we were deciding whether or not to publish it or to polish it some more. We both say, This this game is, re- is really mean. I, I don't know if people, if people will take that, will take to that even, and even buy it. But look, look what we know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 I mean, it's become a bit of an evergreen. It's been published in how many different languages now for you guys?
2: Um, I think it's, well, we did English, German ourselves, and there's a Chinese and Japanese edition, and there should be a Korean edition now or soon as well.
0: That's, yeah, it's it's definitely impressive. It, it, I feel like Food Chain is that, for those of us that have already been involved in heavy games, I feel like Food Chain was the one that really put you guys on the map for the yeah. wider audience out there definitely. and and everything. But... Once Food Chain came out, and you guys were taken aback by the the success of that, um, what what motivated you to want to do the expansion for it? How did that come about?
2: Um, actually, it was it was very uh, in indirect route because especially yours hates hates working working on expansions. So we we were working on a, di- a different game, worked on that for. A couple of months at least, and it 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 didn't really flow. It it didn't really work. And almost every design session we came up with, hey, uh, food Fu- chain was still doing great at the moment. We were doing reprints, so we were talking about it all the time anyway. It was like, would wouldn't it be nice if we made this and this as an expansion to food chain? And next the next time would be wouldn't be great if we made a second different thing as an expansion to Food Chain. So at some point, we decided, well, the game we're working on isn't really working. It's struggling too hard. There's not not not, not too much fun. It was, it was a game about bureaucracy, and it was too bureaucratic in a way.
0: <laughs> so let's was, see, bureaucracy, it, a game about bureaucracy was not really fun. Who doesn't like <laughs> <think> it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Exactly. So it in that in that sense it was a great simulation. But <laughs> no, no. at at that point we had so many ideas for food chain expansions in our heads. We we essentially said yeah, we, we need to get these out of our heads and just make make this set of expansions and that that's how we can that's how the catch up mechanism uh, came about. But funn- funnily enough, I think the title was one of the first things we had but it but it's the last module that we actually developed uh, fully
0: why the catch up module but 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 why why was that the last one that you developed of it if it was uh, one of the first ones to come about why was it the last to be developed
2: but what the, the title was the first thing to come about and we str- we struggled for a long time with can we make it an actual catch up mechanism do do we want to how gamey is it going to be and am i as a player, gonna gonna do as bad as I can, so I get the catch-up benefit. Then surge ahead.
0: Okay, because I mean, famously, I mean, I've quoted this, and I know it's been quoted in other places that you're pretty famous for saying, "If you can't lose a game on the first turn, why have a first turn?" And so that kind of that seems to go in the antithesis of the way you guys design games. As far as no, there shouldn't necessarily be a catch-up mechanism in a game like that.
1: But it's also, it is also fake catch-up. So uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: exactly what that's exactly what happened. So we had some debate: should it be something specifically for people who say, uh, "Look, I want a game with this, which has this in it," but it's just. It's not; con- It doesn't fit with the character of the game. You cannot make something in Food Chain that kind of takes this out and allows you to make mistakes and then come back. It, it just it doesn't suit the character of, of that game and possibly not of any game that we've designed in the in the past 15 years. So, so we made something that looks like a catch-up mechanism, but it isn't really. <laughs>
2: It, so, it can also be used offensively, shall we say? Say again. It can also be used offensively, shall we say?
0: <laughs> I remember sitting down. Uh, we didn't play with the ketchup, but we played with uh, we played with coffee. And uh, I, Yaron, is famous for not taking it easy on anybody. And <laughs> uh, Jess and Thank I you. sat down, and well, we pretty much the game was over. The first round, when when we played the prototype of it, and uh, yeah, thanks for that. The,
1: the game is over before you even start. What? Well, fair.
0: I mean, I knew that. I I mean, I've I, I've retired from Southern Rails since I beat. I, I'm pretty sure I beat Yarun in Southern Rails uh, once uh, at BGG Con, and I've retired <laughs> from playing it because I can't <laughs> can't do better than that. uh so how did? So were there any modules that got? cut out or that you know that are on the cutting floor that got removed and just either for one reason or another
2: there's a couple we had uh for yeah you have the luxury manager which which is a one-time card for for a long while we also had kind of a mini luxury manager that added a few bucks to your price but but wasn't limited and you could you could Essentially, buy it as a starting card, had no salary, et cetera but it, because we saw that was needed for some of the of the modules with with extra food, because then there's too few luxury managers in the end, it didn't really work as a separate card, so we found a better solution by just adding a luxury manager to each to each of those scenarios uh, when you're actually playing and that right. worked much better so then. We looked at each other and said, "Do do we still need this as as a module?" And no.
0: All right. So is that how you guys settled on the amount of expansion modules that are in the catch up mechanism expansion? Is basically everything that we're happy with and that got developed and you're you're good with? That's the number that it turned out to be, or was it a yes. set number and then you filled in for that number?
2: No. It no. It was exactly as you say. So it, it was the number the modules that we tested well and and were comfortable with i think the one that was most on the edge is is the, the new no, not the noodle chef the the fry chef which which for a long time was an ice maker so a cliche. all right because uh, because we struggled a little bit whether or not it would be fun enough to include him and actually change the base game
0: or not right and mm-hmm. so ultimately you decided yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. So our, I know that there for a while you guys were getting, I don't want to say burnout, but just tired of reprints. And so that was around the time that you guys were developing the the other game that looked like it had some conveyors or something you had tweeted out some pictures a number of years ago and then the That, expansion-
2: that, that was actually the bureaucracy game. Uh, it. It had little conveyor belts that moved suitcases of dossiers around the office into places that consumed them and generated them, and there would be st- stacks waiting, etc. All right. The Objective, I, I, the objective thought, of that game was to uh, to be
1: res- to to have as as much responsibility or, or as much power as you possibly can, and to achieve as little as you possibly can with it. Uh, That's uh. But it, would, it, we couldn't get it to work.
0: So. Okay, all right. So is that it? So let let's dive before we go into uh, what's coming next. Um, let's let's step back a little bit and talk big picture design process and everything. How do you guys come up with the ideas? Is it is one of you the design like the idea person, and then the other one's the mechanism guy, or how do you guys work together? How do, how does the how does Splatter design a game?
1: It's actually very hard in the very beginning to come up with the first steps, so um, it's tricky. We normally don't start with a topic, so we start with uh, we normally start with a mechanism, and um, then later the there, the story comes about. So a uh, food chain was originally uh, don't even know what it was originally about, but uh, it was before. It was about food chain. It was about candies, sweets, and I think before that it was still about something else. Um, so the topic comes late normally. Um, uh, the mechanism comes comes early, and then what also often happens is that the mechanism that um, the mechanisms that we start with don't always make it to the end of the game. So uh, we start with a mechanism, we play around with it, and we make it. We add and we add and we add, and then at some point you have a rather complex total game. And then we start cutting out the things that don't really work. And uh, more often than not, the this stuff we started with doesn't make it into the into the final game.
0: Anything to add, Jeroen?
2: No, I I was just going to add that most of the time the actual mechanism that we start with doesn't end up in the game. Uh, Some derivative of it usually will, but...
0: So on that note, I would say that you guys have a propensity to come up with original, unique mechanisms. Every one of your games, focusing, let's just say, on the big six, that they're all different. They all, like, oh, is Food Chain like that no, the answer is just no to all, all those questions. How do you come up with these unique things? Like, where do they come from? Like, the merger mecha- uh, mechanism in Indonesia. It's not in any other game, anywhere. How do you come up with this stuff? Like, where does it come from? Um, good, good,
2: good question. We always, as, as kind of a goal, ha- have to make a game with a new u- unique mechanism in it doesn't always work out but usually for the g- for the good games probably for almost all the games it does it, yeah. it, I think it is
1: normally new it's not perhaps we sometimes come up with mechanisms that are not fun like in the bureaucracy game or something yeah Think that about duck dealer. Where one of the mechanisms is to do very, very little for a lot of the time. But I do think we normally come up with something that's original. It, it is. It is also a real design goal in the sense that I don't. I'm not really interested to make something that already exists,
2: or even to play something that that already exists. It is, There's there's a fun story about that as well uh, because back in. 2000-ish, uh, we, we worked on a U.S. election game uh, working right out of Bush, Bush versus Gore, so mm-hmm. you, you, you know exactly when, and that, that, that was also using some of the ver- worker placement uh, mechanisms that we already had done in BUS, but ultimately at some point we said, the, the, the game is okay, but it's, it's the same worker placement again, we don't want to do this again, no, nobody's going to want a second worker placement game.
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because there are designers out there, without n- mentioning any names, <laughs> I, that I agree. they they get very known. Well, no, I, actually, I will mention, like Matt Gertz, the Rondell guy, right? I mean, yeah. a, a, and uh, you think Matt Gertz, you think Rondell, and that's not necessarily a negative because there are a lot of really excellent Matt Gertz games out there. But definitely, I agree, right? But they're. But one of the things that sets you apart, I think, is it's just every game is so different than one another. And that's got to be exciting but also extraordinarily difficult to always be pushing that and not being willing to go back to something that to, to, to retrace steps, so to speak. In,
2: in, in, in some way, yes, but... In another way, I, I think we feel that we've used, used that new mechanism and made the best game possible with it. So, sure, sure, we can go back, take only that mechanism and maybe work it into another game, but it, it, it would feel just too derivative.
0: And this is just really interesting for me to hear because of the fact that I know, at least Jeroen, you're an omni-gamer. You play everything. I mean, everything. Definitely. Right? I mean, from, the, uh, from uh, literally just about everything, it, it's, it's amazing your breadth of. It's
1: really everything.
0: <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, there are some <laughs> yes. really obscure stuff and really good games and some really bad games, but your room True. plays everything. And hearing that, that he does, and that both of you don't want to retrace or retread on things that you've done already, is, is interesting to hear considering where your tastes lie in gaming.
2: Yeah, but in, in, in a sense, uh, well, I, I always like to say I'll, I'll play anything at least once. But it's, it's also often that, from, for me personally, after I've played a game once, I've seen it, I don't need to play it again. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of games that I'll happily play more often. There's a smaller bunch of games that I'll happily suggest to play more often.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, how but, about you, Yoris? What uh, w- since we've covered that your own is a hardcore omni gamer, you're not so much. I, I'm,
1: I'm much. I'm much less uh, like that. I uh, I like uh, I like the somewhat longer games that you have to really think about, and I like um, I like very original stuff that that I do like. Uh, but I don't uh, spend as young as, uh a number of uh, game game groups that he that he plays with uh, continuously, and uh, I I don't do that at all. So a lot of my ideas and inspiration come from stuff outside of <clears throat> games. And then uh, the good thing with Jonas is you can suggest it, and then he will Im- immediately say, Oh yeah, there's like seven games that do something like this. <laughs>
0: Human an encyclopedia of gaming that is that is that is pretty close yeah
2: it's that's sometimes quite a barrier to game design uh, i can tell you
0: <laughs> but but at the same time it's got to also help you with when you when you stumble on something you're like oh hey definitely wait a yeah. no there might be something to that because i'm not yeah i don't think so i don't think that exists so that's that's re- yeah. actually really interesting
1: and that can be a way to make make mechanisms, right? So for instance, in Indonesia, we started saying that we wanted to make something like Britannia, which was played a lot, but we wanted to make an economic version of it. So now that you may not recognize that in the game, but that's why there is these kind of cards that create economic economic events over time, and you have to score score with that. And then, of course, it it, it moved into a different direction, but this idea of having cards that drive the errors, and or having some having errors that where something cre- something is created on the map, and then uh, and then a map to score with. That was that was the first and basic idea there, um, and so the the mechanism idea is is then quite simple. We make Britannia, but um, for an economic game, and that's the basic. First idea, and then you think, okay, so what does that mean? How does that work?
0: Come up with it
1: with other stuff.
0: All right. Um, so, switching gears, or maybe a little bit, but something that I, I had talked to you guys before we actually went live here is. If you look at the big six, and I would argue that these are pretty much, I think, and you guys can correct me on the timeline on this, that I think the big six are actually your last six releases outside of the food chain expansion. Um, Again, being in some (laughs) order, Roads and Boats, Indonesia, Antiquity, Food Chain Magnate, uh, The Great Zimbabwe, and Bus. All of them...
1: We made, but it's the last six games we reprinted because there's reprints of it.
0: OK, fair that's enough, fair enough.
2: Because I think Greed, a, greed, it, greed greening. Were, were made in between some of these games.
0: OK, so those games. green, was in between,
2: Dealer was in between. I mean, Bus is a game that's 21 years old now. So sure. almost all of our games are in between Bus and uh, yeah, food Chain. Uh,
0: but... That's a good point, actually.
2: Except the video box games.
0: All right. So you guys are on a run, though, with these, call them the six reprints, the big six, as people know them. Um, You guys are on a run of basically, ooh, splatter, I want it. You don't even, like right now, we have 300 people watching. You guys can be like, hey, we got a new game coming out. Here's the pre-order link. And people will lose their minds over it. On the one hand, that's got to be amazing. That's got to feel great. On the other, that's got to be an insane amount of stress and a lot of pressure that it's like you guys are infallible. And that's got to be difficult. How do you guys deal with that level of expectation at this point?
1: Yeah, I guess that it is. That is difficult, and it, it, it it's. Funnily enough, it has always been the case that our that that the spotter fans have been like that. So they've always looked at our games like, oh, we really want it. But there didn't used to be so many spotter fans. So then you kind of know them, and you kind of understand what they like. And then with food chain, it kind of ballooned into a. I mean, now I have people I know from something different than. Plotter and they will go, Oh, you're the guy who made food chain. Oh, and oh, who? Yep. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> a, it's not supposed to happen, right? It's like a separate world that I do as a hobby, and then I don't meet anyone. I meet gamers and I meet people in, in the rest of my life who do not know about gaming, but then, or they know about gaming, but they will want to play as uh, settlers or Dominion or whatever. But now they know about food chain, so it's, uh, it's a bit shocking. <laughs> um, so I think. It is hard. It is hard to come up with something that um, that maybe people will have too many expectations. Um, and uh, I even found that hard for a reprint like Bus. It's one of the reasons we needed Clay to convince us. And I think that Clay did a good good job at that because he believed in that game. And I thought it's like a 21-year-old game. And all these people who have played Food Chain, will they want to play a game like Bus? Do, they, do we really want to bring that to, to, to all these people? And what are they going to say about it? Um, but people loved it. So um, maybe I was too, uh, too cautious. Or apparently, I was much too cautious because it went really well. Um, it's, it, it kind of makes it difficult to come up with the first ideas in the design. Because you run the risk of thinking in every thing that you make, okay, either is it maybe too much like a previous game, or is it going to be fun? And to be honest, when you start with a game, it's never any fun. So uh, at some point, uh, um, Ragnar, one of the guys that we always play test with, he read me some lines out of an old interview where I said well you should just start with something simple and then it will grow and build automatically because every time we tried something I was like I don't really know do we want to go this way is it good and so he read my own words to me saying look (laughs) just just move on this is how great designers is a little book or book it's called called advice from the great designers or something and they interviewed both you and me I have some advice for right? a great designer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're like, well, all right. Fair enough. That dude sounds smart. <laughs> Off your table.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was on my table, yeah. But um so um so yes, it is hard. It is um um it it it, it doesn't stay hard though, because once you're in once you are working on the game, you see games you kind of make them, but they also have a sort of life of their own so once you have passed a certain when they're very when when you're starting with a game, it's a very small idea and and it can go it it's still so unfinished that it doesn't have a direction of its own but once you have passed a certain point in design um it kind of flows logically so you can go on people will play it they will you will get comments you have a direction to go with it and it 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 kind of the, the game is kind of kind of co-designs itself so you get out of this this thinking about what will people uh, think about it or what do i think about it and do do did i make something that's new or did i because you're just focusing on on, on playing and making that game uh so so for me it's mostly in the first steps that this is uh, that this is difficult and not so much uh, later on. in the design.
0: So it just kind of, like you said, kind of co-designs itself, right? You get into a groove to where, okay, you get over that initial hump, and that's why I think, it, I think people can take a lot from that uh, just in life in general, like the hardest thing people say in doing whatever it is that you might do out there is the hardest thing is to start. And once you get over that initial hump, then oh and then you you stop worrying about that and then it just flows it just kind of goes from there
1: it does it does and and really taking the decision to go in a certain direction and then start taking those steps even if you don't really know where you're going to end up is super helpful I'm I'm saying this because in four years' time or two years' time, Ragnar will play this interview back to me, right?
0: (laughs) 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 But yes, but seriously, I mean, so when you guys do a design, then you, as you mentioned earlier, you start with usually a mechanism or something, something to kind of get that spark going, and then who the hell knows where it leads. Yeah. Okay. I think at
2: at some point, and I can't really put my finger on it when when that is, it stops being a more a, a, a dry set of testing a bunch of mechanisms and how they could fit together, and it's it calls itself a game.
0: When when does theme come into it? Because I know and it is... You've talked about how, e- even though run is an omni-gamer, Yoris being more unique game-driven, I think is a, a fair way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. it. Mechanisms first. And I'm the same way in, in the types of games that I like. But where theme does matter at some point. So where does that fall in? Does it, does it naturally happen? Or, do you, or is it just you? How, yeah, how does that happen?
2: so sometimes it relatively naturally happens and especially when let's say let's say, let's arbitrarily call it the second half of the design phase uh, re- really needs to have that seam in there as well because what we we always really like to do is ha- have the seam also inspire the rules so essentially the best thing that, that I think a seam can do for you is if somebody asks a rule question and says, hey, would this or this be allowed, there should be a natural
0: answer essentially essentially given by the team. So intuitive, right? Intuitive, like, oh, thematically, yeah. it should work this way. Ergo, it's going to work that way.
2: Yeah, and I hope that mo- most often we, we, we actually get, get that to work in that way. Uh, if, given looking at most rules questions, uh, that usually works. Not always, but...
0: All right. So is there a is there a theme, as we lead into the upcoming game, is there a theme that you have wanted to design or, or to incorporate into a design, I think would be a better way to word that? Is there anything that, like, a, a pet theme that either of you have that you've wanted to design a game around? Because people are talking about Ur, back here, 1830, which is a... I don't want, not derivative, but a uh, a built upon the bones of an 18xx, right? A splatter 18xx-ish, right? Um, So, okay, that's got checked off. So is there (laughs) anything else out there that either of you, theme-wise, have that you're like, you know, I would like it. Like, I would love there to be a game about this, but I'm not going to railroad a game into that theme.
2: I think think one of the things, and that's for a lot of the... Uh, let's say m- m- middle part of our designs, f- f- food chain no-, no longer, antiquity also not really. But for-, for a lot of the things, we took a couple of the great old Avalon Hill designs and said, hey, w- uh, can't we make something like this except uh, with this? For example, Ur, Ur is-, is really 1830. We came up with the title first like, can can we do canal building in ancient Mesopotamia? in an 18, 1830 style and we built that uh, indonesia like you also already says is it is, is is an economic britannia the drug dealer in a way started out as like hey we want to make a um, somewhat more complex merchant of venus where you get to design your own spaceship and also run the economy uh it turned out in the end so there's a whole a whole bunch of Great Avalon Hill uh, designs that we pilfered and made our own spin off but we didn't make civilization yet <laughs> <laughs> yes. we, tra- we, we tried though but we didn't we didn't come up with a good, good working design yet
0: yeah I think
2: Wait, uh, I think up. there
1: are themes that I would really be interested in doing I think uh, I would really like to make but I don't know I I have some ideas, but I didn't create something that works yet. But I'd like to make basically something like StarCraft, a computer game, as a as a as a board game, but in a fun way. Some kind of capturing this RTS spirit, but I don't know how to do it. All right. So, I like StarCraft. I, I play it a lot. Uh, a lot I I am aware. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, real quick, before we move on to the last thing, which is the upcoming game, you guys had a good little anecdote about Ur uh, er 1830 and Francis Stresham. You guys want to share that story with folks?
1: Ah, Yes, we made this game. So, we made eight, er 1830 BC because uh, it, it was a title idea, right? So, everyone was making 18XXs and we thought we could make 1830 BC because it hadn't been done, but it was a cool idea. Did so, it, we made it. Ur and- wasn't even there yet. The name Ur wasn't there. No, it was 1830 BC. So we made it and we published it. And um, then we thought, wait, uh, uh, maybe we should uh, actually ask uh, Francis uh, Tresham if he's okay with this, because we we actually made the game first. Uh, But we hadn't uh, discussed this with anyone. We were just students making this, uh, this game. So we found out that he was in Essen at the time. And we went to see him, and uh, to, uh, uh, probably gave him a copy of the game. At least we wanted to get his blessing that he was okay with mm-hmm. with us doing that. And uh, it was really wonderful because we thought he was a a big a big god, of course, because we we played all these eighteen X S xx in in high school and and as a student, and we played Civilization and so. Revolution. Uh,
0: hmm? And oh.
1: revolution. Yep,
0: the Dutch Revolution. Yep, it wasn't
1: there yet. I think it was
2: still something that was going to come. Um, Maybe I, uh, I thought it was just about release, but I I may be wrong. No, we, were, we had heard about it. It least. was like announced for the third time or so. Anyway, okay. I,
1: um, so we found uh, we, we found uh, Francis, and we, uh, we 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 very carefully uh, wanted to show to, 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 to tell him about this. And he had seen the game already. And he went, oh, you did, you did, did such a good job. And he liked some of the, some, one of the other stuff, I think, Rots and Boats that we made. Oh, and it's wonderful, wonderful. And he was so super friendly. So uh, within about five seconds, we were completely not afraid anymore. And, uh, <laughs> he also told me, by the way, how he designs, which I, which I liked as a design mechanism. Because he said, uh, if he if he designs games, he just takes two or three different games, throws everything on the table, and then kind of combines it into one game. And I think you can see exactly that in Civilization in and in, in 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 1830 that there's like it it it's kind of two different games or two different components of of the game that somehow interrelate in a in a in a in a nice way, but it's not it doesn't come from a single there's not a single source of the game but there's really two which uh, which is the same in game something that we also did i think in, in in antiquity where you have the two the two parts and maybe in food chain so i think it's a nice way to design a game but that was one of his key advice pieces of advice that he gave uh, to me at the time on, on how to design
0: that's awesome um then- i remember when when i went to go and uh, interview Francis. And I couldn't have been more intimidated and more nervous and more scared. Uh, I think the only other one that would compare to that was when I first reached out to you guys to ask for an interview way, way back, like six years ago. And I was like, oh my God, they said yes. I wasn't anticipating that. Um, but this was, I mean, I mean it's Francis Tresham, right? I mean, good. yeah. Yep. And he couldn't have been a more warm, welcoming him and his wife had us over uh myself, Jess and Richard over at to his house. We had tea with him, and then we went out for a wonderful wonderful lunch and did the interview well tried to do the interview, and he ran the interview how he wanted to run the interview and it was it was amazing and terrifying all at the same time, but couldn't have been a more just warm and welcoming man, and uh yeah i'm We're. i mean we're all better for having yep. met him as well as what all he's done for this amazing hobby. So yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome.
2: Definitely. The one piece of advice he gave, he gave us on Ur was, was don't call it 1830 BC. You might get into trouble with it. So find a different title and keep that a subtitle. Okay. So, so
0: we did. Oh, so that's where the Ur came from. That's where the Ur came from. Ah, huh. all right. Good stuff, That's, uh, there you go, there's a little trivia tidbit. That's good stuff, all right. So uh, I hear you guys design games, and the fact that you guys don't do this for a living, this is a hobby for your, guy. For your, I, I mean, it's a, it's a business, don't get me wrong, but it's also your side gig. You both have day jobs is what I'm getting at. And so you don't feel beholden to any kind of schedule when it comes to designing games, Fair?
1: No, we make something and if we don't like it, we throw it away and uh, we work on something else and uh, you never quite know how long a game will take, so um, that's how we design.
0: So that gives you a luxury of not having a deadline. It, the game is ready when the game is ready then, per se, right?
1: We yeah, normally Jack. have a deadline which is Essen, but we don't know which year. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It'll be ready for Essen. I just didn't say what year. All right. <laughs> yep. So uh, the reason I think what, what, the main reason folks are here is uh, apparently there's a new game. So you, uh, y- Yerun, what was I, I was like? So what is the name of this? Because I don't know any more about it than anybody else out there. And and what did you tell me, Yurun? <laughs>
2: I I gave you the initials of uh, of the of the title of the game.
0: Which, which, which are familiar to me. Which, which are HC. Right, so uh, so the floor is yours. Take it away.
1: So our, our new game will be called, uh, uh, or the, the main title, maybe there will be a subtitle, but the main title will be, will be Horseless Carriage. And that refers to the early automobiles, because the game is about the early automobile industry where you are a titan of the uh, of the original uh, auto industry and you're building cars but at a time when cars are not yet do not yet really exist so um, no one really knows uh, what they want in a car do they want to have uh, what what do they want to have? Uh, do you need a steering wheel? Do you need headlights? Do you need the brakes? Do you need uh, so? Uh, and every time you are playing, the uh, the uh, wishes of the consumers that you can also steer uh, will be different. So people will be looking at different things in um, in the cars. In cars, and there will be a different development of uh, of uh, of the market. Um, that's basically the theme.
0: So the, first off, cool. I dig the theme. All right, good. Uh second, we throughout the interview here in this the discussion, we had talked about every one of your games having something completely unique. What is it about then Horseless Carriage? Is it the Horseless Carriage or Horseless Carriage? Just
1: Horseless Carriage is is our name, so. Far. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, so what what is the unique thing about Horseless Carrot? Well,
1: there the the game like uh we talked about in the, some of the Tresham games has two parts and there is a consumer market which um uh, I think is pretty unique in terms of um The way the the mechanism which we use to change the consumer's mind. And there is a second part, which is your factory, which you are building. And uh, the the factory building is the part that we are most happy about so far. And it's the part where we get the most positive comments. Um, Which, by the way, started by using um, uh, all the conveyor belts that. Uh, we had in our previous game, but they are all out. There is no conveyor belts anymore because um, we had some people who would work for, think for about an hour to make a little investment <laughs> in their factory. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <it became way laughs> this is often what happens in our games. We come up with something, and the the nice thing I think in this in this factory building is how you how, how you are. Uh, deciding what to put in your in your in your factory influences what kind of parse you can make, um, and um, um, but but you need to make it simple enough that people can actually parse that. With it, it was a huge fun when it was super 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 complicated, but it was huge fun for the person doing the puzzle, and a bit a little bit less fun for the people sitting around. Um, so we managed to streamline that and to make that into uh, a, a little bit more uh, uh, parallel processing um, so that you have a a, a pretty complicated but in, and, and interesting geographical puzzle on what you want to do in your uh, in your factory and that determines what kind of car you will be able to make and um, those you are going to sell in a in a in in a market. Um, so, in a way, this this element of making something on one side and then selling it in a market that sort of resembles what you do in food chain, where you would have parts and you would have a market for for selling. But the way the market is built up and and done is completely different. And this 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 puzzle that you the, the geography is moved into the factory, if you will. So the the factory has the whole difficult ge- geographical. Where do you put what, and how do you manage this? Um, uh, and then, if you're a really good player, uh, called Jeroen. Uh, I'm just <laughs> gonna say it. <laughs> you can also look at what other people have in their factories and see what kind of solutions will be possible for you, but impossible for others. And then drive the. Um, drive the research uh, with that.
0: So where does the competition between players come in? Like where is it just in the market then, in that aspect of it? Or is it also for creating your factories or, or, or the components that go into your factory and all that?
2: It's, it, it's, it's effectively twofold. So of, of course it's, it's in the market because there's an order in which you sell and spe- specific wishes that you can and cannot fulfill uh, at at the start everybody can only make very simple cars so the competition tends, tends to be heavier but there's but there's also definitely sort of a competition on parts the parts that you can actually put it put into your factory because there's i i'm not sure how, how much we want to say about it already but i, I i'm very happy with the mechanism that we have that is, is essentially the, the, the research way in, in which you unlock factory components for, for yourself. Uh,
0: All right. Just... So the nice thing, yeah. Go ahead. No, nice no, 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 please, please.
2: About so, our,
1: The research mechanism, I think, is that you research for yourself, but you also kind of research for everyone else. So one of the things that happened a lot is that people came up with some invention and then everyone stole it. And so we, we have a pretty cool way, I think, in which you can, under certain, some circumstances, you can use the research of other people to such a degree that sometimes it's better to help other people uh, improve their research rather than doing it on, by yourself. So uh, that it's, it's like the tech tree, but you're not controlling your own tech, or not only your own tech, but the tech of everyone. In the,
2: on the board,
0: so it's we've termed exciting- that an
2: MBA strategy. Say again, we've termed that an MBA strategy. All right, yeah.
1: the, the engineering <laughs> strategy is to figure out everything yourself, and the MBA strategy is to let someone else figure it out and then make money out of it.
0: <laughs> all right, as exciting as all this sounds, and as, as great as all of this sounds to me, honestly. The reason I'm most excited about this is for the first time in a long time, I see these wry little smiles on both of your faces <laughs> when you're talking about this game. No, and I, I, I'm being serious, because we've known each other for five plus years at this point now, yep. and you guys haven't seemed as excited. As it seems like you are about this game, because, like I said earlier, you guys, you know, you you were doing a lot of reprints of all these other games and everything, and even even working with the expansion for Food Chain, it didn't seem to. I mean, Yoris is beaming, you know, and he seems really. You both seem really excited about this, which. Can only yeah. fuel people's excitement for it because if you guys are excited, oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we, we, we yep. and I think that's, I think that's right. I mean, working on the expansion is, is, it had to get out of your head because you cannot design if these ideas are in your head. But this is something new and, 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 and fun. We've been playing it. There's, by the way, there doesn't exist a physical copy of this game in the world because we're playing it. Everything is being played virtually online. Uh, so some of the people on our facebook suggested that we could that we could do that, and so we made a, a tabletop game and we we're playing it all the, on uh every week um on um uh in a virtual setting so we just found out uh, that there is actually going to be a little bit too much perhaps stuff in in it because the tabletop you can add and add and add
2: and it sure really right play. yeah, yeah. But but you just eliminated all the corners that yours has to cut out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: So how far along is the game?
1: It has, uh, I think it is, uh, it's good fun to, uh, it's good fun to play. And it has a lot of uh, good elements, I think. Possibly, if there were an Essen this year, we would take it along to playtest with people in, the, in Essen, uh, which, which we have done very often with our previous games. Uh, that isn't to say that there can still we, can, we won't still make big changes. For instance, with Food Chain, we playtested in Essen. And then later, we added the milestones, and we added, uh, which is a pretty big thing in the game. And we added <laughs> the way that we um, are. And, uh, so, uh, and it needs still a lot of balancing as well. Um, but from where it stands now, I think it would be it would be ready by Essen 2021 if there is an Essen in 2021, which I'm very much hoping for. Sure. Uh, but around that time, uh, that's my hope. But uh, of course, it depends how uh, how things go. Sometimes you uh, you hit a you hit a barrier somewhere.
0: All right. So. The inevitable question then is: Obviously, it sounds like the game is not ready for pre-orders because you're not, you're still working on it, and it's still a question on whether or not SN Twenty Twenty One comes about. But once you have decided things are far enough along and you feel more comfortable with an SN next year timeframe, if that happens, um, about ballpark, when do you think pre-orders would be if it were to be in Twenty Twenty One? When do you think pre-orders will be? Just because people are going to hound you, I figure you just give it <laughs> folks a chance to hear it now.
1: Well, for us, it's always um, complicated to do any pre-orders that um, that run over the year because you have to do a lot of uh, bookkeeping and accounting stuff uh, for that. So we're doing it now with uh, Zimbabwe, but that's something where we can prove with absolute clarity how difficult it will be to produce the game and how much it will cost, et cetera. Sure, because you've
0: done it. Because of the reprint,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we definitely won't open up any pre-orders for this game in this year. It will be at 2021 at the earliest. Then it depends on where we are. And if we feel very confident, we might do it in January. But more likely, we will do it in March, April. We, we used to do the pre orders super late, which is actually not the smartest strategy because then we had already started production. But we did this with Food Chain. We opened up the pre-orders. Oops, everything was sold because we, the first Food Chain, because we didn't realize we had more fans than the last time we published the game. <laughs> uh, so yep. It's actually a bit smarter to do the pre-orders earlier so that you know how many people approximately will want to have this game. And because of the large number of people who have now gotten to know us through to, through food chain we have no idea because before we could kind of predict how many games would we would be ordered but now we have absolutely no idea if all these people who who bought food chain if many of them are the kind of person who 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 are uh, who, who think oh well i've heard of this game and i want to have this game and they buy it and maybe they 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 play it or they or they play it every day or they play it. they never play it or they play it and they say this game is great but they don't even remember who the publisher is. I don't know. So um uh we're gonna see what the um what the impact of that is so we will not so before we we sometimes opened pre-orders only in summer if we if we published in essence but this time we will probably do it earlier than than that.
0: Provided so that it's everyone, at a point to where you
1: can actually pre-order, and right? Re-order. Yeah,
0: yeah. So caveat. So for those listening, rehash that spring, if it's going to be ready in 2021, if right. Fair point.
1: Yeah. All right. And we will announce on our Facebook, and you will
0: well, out And you'll hear it. You'll hear it from me as well. I have no doubt. So yeah, um, sign me up. I can't wait. And the the inevitable next question you guys are going to get. Hammered with is a uh, tabletop simulator, Tabletopia, anything like that. Are you guys going to have any kind of open play test for that? Inevitably, people are going to ask it, so I'm just trying to make your job a little bit easier later on.
1: We're taking it in steps, so we've uh, we 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 have now a couple of people who have tested with us. People have tested with us a lot. Uh, I have, have tested now. Um, at some point, um, not quite sure exactly when, but we will want to have more opinions of more people because it, it helps a lot to have people play the game for the first time, uh, to have completely different uh, views and, and, and ideas of the game. Normally, we did that by organizing weekends. So we would have a two day event where a 3D physical event where we would get people together invite them and, uh, and, and, and play the games, which apart from some very hardcore fans or one hardcore fan who flew out from the U.S. to play with us is normally then limited to people living somewhat in the area.
2: That's in, awesome. And, <laughs> and, and people attending the same gaming cons that I go to. Yeah, and, and game cons where, where Jung goes to. So we need to uh,
1: we need to uh, to replace that this year somehow so uh, um, we will do some play testing however we never do play testing with where just anywhere anyone in the world can play test, uh or anyone can play test but we want to be there because we haven't figured out ourselves uh, how we really learn from people play testing when we are not there to listen to them and to, to hear the feedback so you can do that with forms and stuff and and and, and, and surveys and what what have you but uh, i cannot I cannot parse those so I don't understand what it says if I cannot see what people are doing and and how they're how they are reacting when they're actually playing so uh, it will likely not be a kind of massive open play test but uh, uh some groups with some some way to sign on, 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 on uh, and uh, play actually with us
0: okay'
1: and, uh, some huge uh, setting.
0: All right, because I, I mean, so the thing that I, I think is, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: But it will limit how many people we can accommodate. Sure. Because um...
0: and I, I always get a kick out of people uh, when they talk about Splatter, and they're like, oh, you know, this or that, Why, why you guys are or aren't doing something. And one thing that people fail to realize is the overwhelming majority of game publishers in the board game hobby, less than that many people in the entire company. You guys are two. <laughs> I mean, there's Nora and Bianca that help, and then you guys have other folks that are tangentially associated with have, you guys. We have, yeah,
1: answers. answers our mails. Uh, yeah. So, actually a member of the gaming society is a student here in Leiden, and he answers all our mails, and all the, because I, I did that and at some point Noah started complaining that I was only answering emails every evening. <laughs> yep. Or Splotter. And I said, Well, that's not work, it's a hobby. And she said, Yeah, do you believe it? So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, But yeah, yeah, so so, so in other that. words, as you guys grow, or mm, let me grow in popularity, people need to realize in the end, you're still just two dudes. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: know? it's just the two of us and uh and you're taking taking care of some emails and
0: okay
1: that's, right. uh, that's and and uh, as you said before I mean Johan has a full time job and I run a, a different company uh sometimes i uh spend some time on game design uh sitting behind my desk and uh, pretending to to
2: uh, that that's also part of my work it's exactly the same for me so <laughs>
0: Uh, so let's see. Hold on. There are uh, a couple of questions, and then uh, and then I'll let you guys out. Um, uh, complexity or or, or or weight of the game ballpark. It's still in development. I understand that, but do you have a a rough sense of where it would feel in comparison to either one of your other games or something else? I
2: I always find that a very hard question because mo- most of our games are. Hard or or difficult or high higher weight for for very different reasons. I mean, for for example, look, look at Great Zimbabwe. It's an extremely difficult game for people who don't have as good spatial awareness as, as others. Uh, we we had a couple of play testers who simply said, I, "I I cannot play this. I cannot see how the goods are traveling to upgrade my monuments." So it's usually a different set of skills that's helpful for for all for all, all of our games so in that sense it's hard to say for horses' carriage I think uh, well the, there's definitely a big puzzle element in say, in setting up your factory so that so that you can actually produce cars that's that, that's one thing that's made, that may that's as to the game way the other one is predicting and predicting the market what what type of cars people are actually going to build what properties are going to be important and which aren't and on a slightly higher level as yours alluded to earlier actually ma- making sure that the uh properties that you are good
0: in actually actually come in, come into focus because controlling that demand for the car or exactly. for for that right yeah so of, of, of course there are ways to control that demand so there, i mean there there i'm sure i'm there's a tiny bit, it sounds like, of automobile from Martin Wallace, just with the, it sounds like. I don't know. I have, I'm, I'm curious to see this. I am, yeah, I'm stoked for this. People are asking uh, a heavy cardboard playthrough. Well, if, if, if the guy's down the road, ahead of release, hopefully, if the guys can get me a copy, I'd be happy to do it. So, but yeah, so there you go. Um, horseless carriage, maybe 2021. Essen. Year to be determined.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, not, probably, but if, well, oh, hopefully not, but if there is no Essen fair next year and the game is still finished, we'll probably still release it next year. Uh, OK. Well, I
0: hope there, there is. There should,
2: there should then be a digital version, which we, we may premiere the game at. Uh, it's too early to tell. OK. <laughs>
1: And then this, we, we will go to a, the restaurant we always eat in, in, in Essen and just launch it from the restaurant or something
0: like that. <laughs> Well, I hope there is an Essen next year. I would like to see my friends oh, in person. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so I'm glad to hear that you're both doing well and, and everybody is safe and healthy. Same with Nora and Bianca. Send my best to them. And uh Thank and thanks fellas. Thanks for uh thanks for doing this today. I I I appreciate it from a media standpoint, but I also appreciate it from a gamer standpoint. I'm super stoked about this. I'm excited yeah. about it.
1: Hope Did you will uh, like the or all of
2: you will like or many of you will like the game and the ideas that we came up with. Well yep. yeah, and, and hopefully if there is a heavy con again next year uh, and, and I can attend, I'll also bring a prototype. Exactly. What?
0: There you go. All right. So hopefully, um, and yeah. So there you go. I mean, what can you do, right? Something we've never yep. experienced. So you do the best you can. Everyone be patient. Everyone be understanding. Um, how? Go ahead, real quick, before we bug out. Uh, tell folks how the, folks can get a hold of you or the the. I know they link the uh, the splatter shop uh uh link earlier, but how can folks get in touch or check out your games if they are interested, be it pre-orders or otherwise? Yeah, so
2: the the, the best way is as you say so it's through our website. So Splottershop.com or Splotter.com which which link links to the links to the same site. Uh that has a shop of our games. We sometimes do announcements on on our on our Facebook page and we'll usually mirror those on Geek as well. Uh, Unless somebody else has beaten us to the punch already, it happens.
0: All right, and you're both on. You're both on Twitter, and in fact, because Yorish, you weren't no. there for the longest time. You weren't on Twitter.
1: I, I, I am not. I'm not actually. I, I have a Twitter account, but I never read it. So okay, so
0: there. So he's not on Twitter. So yeah. it's there, but it's it's not there. I've noticed that for what it's worth. So yeah. uh, there you go. So that's that's. So take a look. Uh, PGG, Facebook, and Jeroen is maybe not active, but you're on there at least.
2: I'm relatively active, yeah. uh, at least reading-wise.
0: Yeah, all right. All right, well, hey, thank you again to both of you for uh, for coming up with the idea of doing this today. I am genuinely appreciative. I miss my friends. It's good to see you both. Uh, thanks to everybody out there that watched, and uh, help spread the word. Horseless Carriage coming. Eventually. So, uh, <laughs> thanks very much. Give her bucks to Jess as well. Uh, I, I will do so. And she's in chat. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Um, everybody out there, wear your mask, social distance, be kind to one another, be patient, whether it's waiting for board games or just in general. We're all in the same boat together. So, all right. So, without further ado, We'll see you guys later. Take care, everybody. Thanks for watching.
2: Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>